0: Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Membership Guys podcast. I'm Mike Morrison, your host and one half of the Membership Guys. And in this show, we're going to be talking to Blair Williams. Blair Williams is the uh, founder, creator Lead developer for MemberPress, which is, uh, in our opinion, one of the best WordPress based membership plugins out there. It's a one that we use for our own membership site, the Member Site Academy. It's a one we use for a number of clients, and uh, it's in our view, probably one of the most exciting membership plugins for people who get excited about membership plugins. Uh, it's definitely one of the most exciting plugins to follow, just in terms of the features they have available and what you can do with MemberPress that you simply can't do with a bunch of other plugins. So, I talked to Blair about how MemberPress came to be, uh, the state of the membership plugin market what sort of features he feels are integral to a successful membership site and also what the future holds for MemberPress as well. So even if you're not using MemberPress or you're not in the market for a membership plugin, it's worth a listen just to get Blair's perspective on the sort of functionality that really is integral and crucial for membership sites. Uh, not just now but also for the way that memberships will be heading in the future and also to get a little bit of an insight into the mind of the people who are actually creating these platforms that we as membership owners use day-to-day to run our businesses. So without any further ado, I'm going to jump right in to the interview with Blair Williams. I've got Blair Williams, the head honcho the geek genius behind MemberPress, which as anyone who listens to the show or reads our blog will know, is our favourite membership plugin. So I'm very, very glad Blaise uh, agreed to give a bit of time to call him the Membership Guys podcast. play. thanks so much for joining. How the devil are you?
1: Yeah, great. Doing great. Awesome, awesome. So
0: obviously a lot of our listeners will know about MemberPress... We rant and we rave about it all the time because, you know, it is our favorite membership plugin. We use it for the Member Site Academy and for a whole bunch of our clients. Uh, but maybe they don't know as much about you and, yeah. you know, your story and how you, you came to be uh, involved in developing platforms like Memopress. So, uh, yeah, what, uh, what's, what's your story? What's your background? Uh, what's Blair Williams about?
1: Yeah, so uh, Blair Williams um – so I grew up in uh, in Utah, a little town in uh, southern Utah called um, Cedar City, and um, I don't know I, that's pretty much if you've heard of uh, Zion National Park and um, Bryce Canyon, so it's right down in that area down there, um, and uh, I have always been interested in computers. I you know, got an Apple IIe when I was, I mean, I'm dating myself now, but I got an Apple IIe, you know, when I was uh, in third grade and uh, just sat there programming. My parents could hardly get me to to move. I was transfixed. And so, um, so of course, when I got into college, I, you know, did a computer science degree and um, just kind of started a career um, here in Salt Lake. So now I live in Salt Lake. Um, city um, but uh, just started a career doing programming and I worked you know several different uh, jobs where I programmed you know started off in like uh, C and C++ um, and then moved to Java. Off. yeah we did I, I've kind of gone you know kind of an interesting route you know in that I started off with like kind of the more lower level compiled languages and then kind of worked my way into uh, web-based stuff because initially I wasn't doing anything web-based at all um, and so it was more application development and kind of lower level programming.
0: Yep. So was the the movement of web-based stuff was that just kind of as the uh, obviously the internet became a bigger and bigger behemoth was that just a natural shift or was the, the kind of a moment that kind of caught you where you made the switch.
1: Yeah, I think that um it really had to do with my interests like I was really um just gravitated towards you know the web. Um that's where a lot of cool things uh were happening and are still happening. Um and just kind of wanted to you know be able to be out you know on the internet kind of in the public um so that's That's where I I just kind of gravitated. I just was interested in that. And also the opportunity for for doing business um, is fantastic on the Internet. I mean, it's basically the, you know, the most, uh, I mean, the greatest tool ever for reaching other people um, that has ever existed, right? Yeah,
0: without doubt. Although, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I I didn't start with the the high-end uh, application-based stuff. I I start with the grunt end of of web development. Um, nice. Yeah, my first website was uh, Geo City's website, and then,
1: oh nice. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then um, I remember
1: GeoCities.
0: City. Ah, oh, Geo rocked. It gets a lot of stick, but actually, I bet if they brought it back now purely for the retro feel, they'd probably do more. Um, <laughs> they'd probably they'd get rock, more from yeah. It. yeah. But um, yeah, so my whole thing came from trying to figure out how those actually worked but it took me a long time to actually recognize just how fertile the online space was for doing business yeah and and for it to be a, oh here's something you know i i mess about with uh, on the code side of things just because it's fun uh to actually you know this is a tangible skill set that people pay for and you know this is where business is yeah so, was it like that for you, or did you kind of did you pick up on that quite early on in in terms of where things, you know, were going with the internet being such a, a hotbed for doing business and reaching people?
1: Yeah, I think that I I don't think when I was in school that I probably are you know totally recognized it. Um, I think it was probably when I started um, you know writing code or you know just writing code, code professionally that I started thinking, wow, I mean, this is you know there's so much going on uh, out here. Uh, I need to just dive in there and start doing some stuff. And so really, I mean, I didn't have many opportunities to learn web programming at the company that I was at because they just mainly did lower level stuff. But, um, you know, kind of one of those things where you work nights and weekends and just do whatever you can to kind of learn, follow, you know, your your interests. And, um, you know, so I taught myself initially, I think the first web app that I wrote was uh I mean, it was using Java. I used Struts, Struts to create <laughs> to create it, which is pretty I- intense. Um, I know that there are much lighter weight frameworks now in uh, in Java, but uh, yeah, Struts was. I mean, it was heavy, 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 and it took it took a long time to develop anything uh, meaningful in Struts, um, and so that was the first. Kind of thing. And then I moved into PHP because I thought, well, you know, this will be a lot easier. It'll be a lot easier to develop in. I can get something created a little bit quicker, you know.
0: So at what point, because obviously, you know, a lot of people will know you from MemberPress, but I think I first um, came across MemberPress through Pretty Link Pro. Yeah. So was that that came before MemberPress? Am I right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At what point did you kind of start really moving towards like WordPress plugins and 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 looking at building stuff on the back of WordPress?
1: Well, I think I I got um, some contracts. I was kind of doing freelance at the time, and I I I got some contracts where I was doing a lot of. Um, I mean, honestly, I I wasn't even really programming. I was doing. Uh, I was helping some companies with pay-per-click, uh, advertising and I was helping them with, uh, SEO and with affiliate marketing. And so, um, I started using, uh, bitly and a few other kind of link shrinking, uh, you know, things to, to, to track links to, you know, track counting counts on links and and in pay-per-click to kind of have my own tracking and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, at that time, too, that's kind of when I started getting into WordPress itself. You know, we were building, I was building like, uh, you know, little micro sites and started deciding, well, you know, I, WordPress is a really good option for this. And uh, anyway, so I, it just kind of came to me out of those kind of two things. I thought, well, I don't really want, you know, my links to be masked with this other URL. I want it to be on my own URL. And I want to be able to, you know, track and do everything still. And so um, I just basically wrote pretty link to kind of scratch my own itch kind of a thing. You know, um there I think there was another there were a couple of other pl- plugins out there that did redirects on WordPress at the time, but none of them allowed like you always had to have kind of like a like there was one called I think Go codes, I think it's probably still out there, but you, with those, you, you had to have like a, uh, a pref a prefix on your slug. Right. So, so it would be, you know, whatever example.com slash go slash, you know, a Weber or whatever, you know, the affiliate, you know, link was. And I, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of picky. So I was like, ah, uh, I'm just gonna, I, I want something that just hangs directly off of the URL. You know, I don't, and so so that's how pretty link came to be and um and we we released that in 2009 so i so it's been um it's been out there for for a while now it's been out there for 6 years and uh yeah just hit over a million downloads on the repo on the on the plugin repository yeah it's so it yeah so it's it's been kind of a really good um you know just utility plugin for people to use. So And so
0: was that your first, you know, big mass, essentially mass market release in terms of WordPress plugin? Was that the yeah. first?
1: Yeah. I think there was a lot of um like learning that ha- that happened with Pretty Link because you know, the WordPress ecosystem especially at that time was not really geared towards uh plugin businesses. I mean, they In fact, it 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 seemed like I think it's arguable
0: as to whether it is now as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, think I think it's true. But I mean, I think in some ways that created opportunity because, you know, there's there's kind of this barrier where it's not really clear on how to monetize uh, something like this. I mean, when I started writing Pretty Link, I, I just didn't really have any intentions of making money from it at all. I mean, I just thought yeah i'll write this for my own purposes and then i thought i'll just throw this out on the repository and really i mean it started getting downloads almost immediately i mean people people really responded to it um they they really you know and so 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 that was that was really nice so then at, you know after a few months i started thinking well how can i you know make money off of this how can i create like a premium kind of version of this um you know and uh and so just kind of figured it out i think the initial versions of pretty link pro um they were they were really good but the the whole update mechanism is is a challenge uh dealing with wordpress um, just because you know it's geared towards pointing at the the free repository so you have to kind of hook in and i i don't think we i don't think i fully understood how to hook into it properly. So I just kind of wrote my own kind of update code and, uh, and it worked, but um, later on I had to revise it. It, it, So I guess the point in saying that is that it's, it's just, it was unclear, you know, exactly how to go about, you know, doing something like that where you can still have automatic updates and all that kind of thing. And I think most premium plugin, you know, vendors out there, have had to go through that, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it still seems to be quite a bone of contention in terms of how to, or how you should and how it's practical to monetize WordPress based plugins. Um, obviously, especially with the licensing and it seems every, every year or two we have a big GPL scandal. Um, yeah, yeah, which uh, obviously not, throwing any names out but obviously there's quite a high profile one a couple of months ago and and all yeah. that so that's that's got to be a, a is it a going concern or is it just a, a, a thing you kind of accept as um, an element of doing business online based on yeah. the back of the WordPress infrastructure
1: yeah I think the GPL does create some challenges I mean it you know really what it does is it makes it and so you can't I mean, you can't really escape the fact that there's going to be a certain amount of piracy happening. I mean I mean and 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 also you can't really stop you know kind of the nulled plugins kind of a thing. Um, but it doesn't worry me too much because i I feel like what we run here is a support business, primarily. it's not It's not necessarily I mean we we have the code. And I believe that um, Member Press and Pretty Link and Affiliate Royale are solid. They're, you know, really great products, in my humble opinion. <laughs> um, but they are, I mean, but our business itself is a support business. And so we we try to bring that, you know, to the forefront. That's the the main thing. So, you know, you can you can take a risk and you can buy like a null. GPL plugin somewhere but you're not going to get the support you're not going to get updates you're not going to get all of the things that that really are important uh, especially if you're making money uh, you know i mean member press drives businesses i mean it drives people's ability to make money online you know so i mean i think that's a pretty good selling point you know to stay you know with the vendor that support it you know? yeah to
0: stay on the right side of things and absolutely especially with memo press where you know it's it's the engine of your biggest business asset yeah so you know if you're you want to save yourself what's well, it's even less than a hundred hundred dollars but yeah. forego any support and have to jump through hoops to get, you know, you're going to have to get nulled updates and all that. And the support element is so so important. We actually we had a situation, um, I think it was about a month ago, where we needed to. It was one of those kind of almost stars align. If you're a someone who specializes in membership sites, where we had three yeah. three sites using three different plugins. And in the space of two days, we had to contact the support department for each of those plugins. And one of them was Press. I won't name the other two, but we've actually posted about this in our own membership area in terms of a comparison of support. And as always, press support was was top-notch. It was like same day. I think there was an update applied on the back of it. Um, But then the support of the other two was I think one... Barely provide any support. The other did, but it wasn't very useful. And then you had memory pressure support, which is just top notch. And that's you know, if you're running a business and yeah. your business relies on that stable platform, then first thing you hope nothing ever goes wrong. But this right. is this is online stuff. These are websites.
1: Yeah. This is the internet we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> like, this thing is definitely
0: going to go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that support element is just so, so important. Um, anyway, so bringing it back to Memopress, and obviously put out Pretty Link, very popular, lots of downloads. How did that, or how did Memopress come about? Did it, was it a case of actually successfully monetizing Pretty Link and and then looking at other itches you needed to scratch? Or... or or was there some other sort of inspirational motivation behind it?
1: Yeah. um, So that's basically, yeah, I, I'm all about scratching my own itch kind of a thing. Um, And that's how member press kind of came to being. Um, You know, at the time I, I, you know, I don't know, three or four years ago, I I was uh, trying to build membership, a membership site for a client and tried a whole bunch, you know, Kind of you, you hear the story a lot where it's, you know you go through and you try a whole bunch of different membership plugins or or you know um, you know other membership solutions, and you know really none of them kind of meshed with exactly what I um, needed, and also you know I felt like um, a lot of them not not all of them, but I mean some of them were were maybe not even implemented. Correctly or 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 protected properly. Like there was, I think one or two that I used that that um, basically would like hide links to pages instead of actually protecting things. You know, so if you if you actually got the link to a page or a link to a uh, you know like a PDF or a zip file or you, you Google, still, yeah, if Google yeah. indexed it, which... exactly, you could you could easily <laughs> download it. And, wow. and the other thing, you know, was, um, just kind of ease of use. Like there, there was one that was just really big, a really big, um, plug in. And I honestly, like I've got a degree in computer science and I was really struggling to set the thing up, you know, like I was like, Oh my gosh, I cannot even do this. Like what, what, what is going on here? And then there was one that I actually had to go in and, 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 and fix some code uh, to get it working properly. And, you know, that's kind of stuff that can happen, you know, even to to the best of us from time to time, uh, right? So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I, I don't blame, you know, anybody for that. But, I mean, it's just, I, I felt like that I could do a better job, at least for for the, the set of features that I was interested in. And I think MemberPress since then has kind of grown because we've gotten – you know, we we listen to the customers and try to, um, you know, put what their requests are basically into our roadmap. Uh, and we prioritize based on, you know, what our customers uh, are asking for. And I think that's been a pretty good model for success, like to figure out what to build in it. But it's kind of become get, gotten to the point now where it does a lot of really um, powerful things, a lot of really uh, interesting things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that will always be my favorite, I know this is what um, attracted Cali to MemoPress as well, is the reporting. I think MemoPress is one of maybe two, if that, membership plugins that actually has reporting built in, which, you know, you've got to know your numbers with membership sites. And I think a lot of people don't know what numbers they need to know, so things like customer lifetime value and that kind of commercial awareness as well. Uh, is something that I think is missing from a lot of plugins. And what you're saying there about actually listening to to customers, um, you guys have just made an addition or a tweaked feature for your active campaign support based on something we asked you to do. And then yeah. two days later, it was done. And I was like, wow, that's if we were actually paying a development team to do that, it probably wouldn't have, have materialized in yeah. anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it, it's got to be so such a crucial part of how you kind of stay ahead of the curve in terms of actually competing with other membership plugins too.
1: Yeah, I and I think really the the thing that I I can point out with that is that I, you know, I've been really um fortunate to work with some amazing people. I mean, the you know, I think now we have um you know, we've got a support team that is just on top of it, and these guys are are developers as well. So, like um, I believe, um, probably Paul helped you with that. I think um, it was, yeah, yeah. And and he's 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 amazing. But we've got Paul and Spencer and Cliff at this point, and they are all just top notch. Um, and uh, yeah, so they'll so so they they basically can go in and modify the code. Um, you know, and 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 can edit, you know, make small fixes and stuff like that, or or even larger fixes, um, and uh, and then we review it and test it and push it out. So I mean, it, it these guys are just top notch, though very uh, very committed to making sure that everybody's you know taken care of and and happy. So
0: so in terms of obviously the the wider membership plugin market it does seem that you know, there are new membership plugins cropping up all the time and they kind of they tend to fit into two camps for me. There's you see the so-called solutions that come where essentially it's a an internet marketer who's decided they want to bring a solution right. to the market so they go off and pay an overseas developer to throw something together. And then you have the solutions that come from developers, you know, who right. who are either scratching their own itch or they're turning a client project into into a, a commercial plugin. So in terms of the state of the WordPress membership plugin market, do you keep an eye on other plugins on the scene? Have you seen any kind of major changes over the last year or so, or any sort of trends that you're picking up on?
1: Um, you know, I mean, I think that there's just always new competitors coming into this space, um, but it's, uh, I, I, I don't, we don't really focus too terribly much on the competition. I mean, we kind of are aware usually through our customers, you know, if like they say, oh, you know, this other plugin over here has this feature and they just released this, you know, we, we, we can take note of it, you know, through that, but really it's, we, we, we're driven mainly by our customers. Um, And so that's, I, I think if we were to really keep tabs on every, you know, new competitor out there, it just, we wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> Cause there's so many, of there's so many, you know, it's, it's a pretty busy, you know, kind of market. And, uh, and so, so, and I think that there's some really great solutions, you know, through, through it. And so, uh, you know, at this point, I mean, it's that within the last year or so um, I don't know how many changes there've been, but certainly since, you know we launched member press i mean the marketplace is like very different i mean it's just there there are a lot of uh you know interesting things going on in it and um and it's just kind of a fun market to be a part of you know because of that
0: absolutely and you know obviously all the solutions coming up that's in response to uh, a growing demand yeah uh, for for actually utilizing membership sites and membership platforms as part of uh, part of doing business online.
1: Absolutely. It validates the model that we have, you know, kind of chosen as well. I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I think that it's a growing market. If you look at any of the, you know, Google trends or anything like that, um, in particular WordPress membership plugins are on the rise still. So
0: Definitely, and I think that's kind of that. It's it's almost synonymous with WordPress itself, kind of moving and positioning itself more as something you can actually build applications on the back of, rather than just you know the blogging platform it was three four years ago.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So with that, I was one of the the big contentious topics that we see, and I'm sure you guys see too, uh, coming up from your own customers. Is word you know, running a WordPress based membership site that you host yourself on your own server versus right. using a third party solution? So you have like Fedora or Teachable, I think it's called now, Udemy and so on. You know, is right. that do you see the proliferation of those platforms as something you kind of need to look out for or is it something, you know, where your customers bring them up often? And do you have a particular side of the fence obviously putting aside the yeah. uh, minor bias <laughs> what <laughs> into which which you kind of see as the better solution for uh, someone just starting out a membership site, self hosting or using a a cloud solution
1: yeah i think I think it just depends on i mean i i think there are plenty of really great cloud based solutions and really you know There is a, you know, everybody talks about how easy WordPress is and how fantastic it is, and it is great, but it does require a certain amount of knowledge. I mean, you have to know how to install a plugin. You have to know how to install a theme. You have to kind of have some uh, ability to do, you know, just basic things in WordPress in order to, 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 um. To make it happen, and so, so I I think there's definitely a place for cloud-based solutions. I think that um, for people, somebody just starting out, a cloud-based solution uh, might be a a better way to go. I mean, it it could be it could be a really good way to go. I think that typically cloud-based solutions are going to, you know, of course, be more expensive, and you lose out on some flexibility. It's kind of that, I guess, that teeter-totter of like, you know, flexibility versus you know um, yeah control. Right. So yeah. So so the cloud based solution would be kind of be on the whole, you know, managed, you know, we we manage everything for you or whatever. But like if you, you know, want to, you know, you know, add some kind of custom code, well, that's not gonna happen. Or if I'm if you're if you want to like add, you know, this kind of you know even like feature that is not necessarily mainstream, but you know, would you know that's not possible. If you self-host, um, a lot of times, you know, well, first of all, the software will typically be a little bit cheaper. Um, the hosting may or may not, um, but really, you can have full control over what you're doing. I mean, you can, and, and with MemberPress. I know that there are some of our competitors that encrypt the code. You know, they'll, they'll use like IonCube or something like that. We, we will never do that. And yeah, that,
0: that could be an entire separate rant. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: the reason that we'll never do that is just that I, as a developer and trying to do, set up membership sites for my own clients, it, it, that was one of the real you know, issues that I had was with some, some of these plugins that it was like, I, you know, PayPal makes a change or something and the site is no longer able to process anything. And I have to wait for them to respond to it. And and I don't know how long it's going to be or when it's going to be fixed or whatever. But if I can see the code, I can just go in and, oh, that's easy. It's a one line change. Boom, done. And then you still can wait for the update to come out. But you're up and running again. And, and so it's kind of like that—that um, that whole idea of control. So I, I'm all about you know making sure sure that the code, and plus it's against you know the licensing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we had a situation um, not too long back where uh, a particular piece of software we had uh, was encrypted. It was IronCube, and it was broken. So the developer hadn't released a fix, quite clearly wasn't too bothered about releasing a fix, and after a lot of back and forth, I mean, I kind of guessed and had an idea of how uh, how it worked under the hood, just from, you know, intuition, and some of the code wasn't encrypted. We ended up paying him a, a sum of money to provide the unencrypted code, and... Yeah, the unencrypted code was exactly he had done exactly what I'd assumed he'd done, but oh, nice. yeah, without obviously access to the code, even knowing how it, uh, you know, uh, how how the problem could be fixed is no good because you can't access it. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's just an absolute nightmare, and particularly for membership plugins where you know a lot of people unless they setting it all up themselves, and unless they've got some development background, if they're hiring other people to help them get things put together and the, you know, they're bringing in people who should be able to make custom edits or should be able to make fixes, but their hands are tied by encrypted plugins, then it it doesn't help anybody except the the person making money selling the plugin.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a nightmare situation. So um, in terms of you know memopress as it is now and the the new features you guys keep adding are are fantastic um i was honestly bowing down at the the shrine of memopress when you guys added when you added in active campaign support because that was that was kind of my little asterisk when talking to talking to people about plugins because um active campaigns just kind of had this big Uptake over the last year or so, yeah. And we have so many clients using it, and we use it. So, when you guys added that, that was just great. Are there any gaps that you see out there in the membership plugin market as a whole that people just aren't filling that you'd like to kind of go after and fill, or actually, you know, is, is this something that is kind of top of your list that we'd love to be able to bring this to member press?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, we, we have a lot of different features. A lot of them are driven by, you know, like I said, the customer. But um, I don't know that there are necessarily a ton of, like, specific gaps out there. I think that there is a general gap that we are really uh, fixated on filling, and that is um, customer engagement. Like, I I feel like that, you know, Membership sites are kind of a subset. you know people always assume that it's just oh, it's just e-commerce, it's just part of e-commerce, you know, but um, e-commerce is only one portion of uh, you know memberships, right? Memberships are about you know engagement and giving people tools to um, keep their members informed, keep their members happy uh, and and make it easy for them to pay them money right like it easy for them to continue to and i think that that that's the direction that member press is going we're we're going to you know continue to make try to make things easier we we want there to be less friction between you know that relationship i mean it's really different i think in a lot of ways than just a traditional you know online store because you're cultivating a relationship with these customers and you want them to stay as long as possible. You want to provide as much value to them as you can. And really we're trying to build a tool that will make that happen.
0: Absolutely. And I think, like you said, the big thing when it comes to e-commerce and products that I think so many people miss when it comes to membership sites is if you're selling a product, if you're selling an e-course or what have you, then the journey ends when someone makes the purchase right you know, that your system, the technology you put in place is all geared towards that end result of someone gives you money, gets what they want, and then move on to the next one. but with your memberships that's when it starts you know that yeah. that's the beginning point, and so many people miss that just strategically or marketing wise so obviously anything on the technology side that uh, supports that is is a big, big thing. Is there kind of a line that you're aware of in terms of, you know, not straying too far into, so for example, um, design, LMS type side of things, you know, is is there kind of a line that you try and keep Mempress within so it's not becoming kind of too over encumbered with features that maybe belong elsewhere?
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I don't think that we will try to push MemberPress into, into um, you know, kind of specific other domains that other plugins, you know, already kind of fill. I mean, I think there, there are several really good LMS plugins out there, for instance. Um, and there are also several, like, community plugins that are very good. Um, and, you know, forum plugins. Uh, so I don't think that we're going to attempt to do that. I think we'd probably go the route of integrating. But if we do uh, add you know, additional features that are kind of beyond the scope of MemberPress, um, sometimes we'll, uh, at this point, we'll be doing that as add-ons.
0: Right? Yeah, because you've just kind of made that shift, really, haven't you, in terms of yeah. of um, allowing people to kind of pick and choose the enhancements, really, for, for MemberPress, which is... It's great. I love the developer tools as well. Again, that was just a yes. Yeah, that's something. There's another plugin that um we use for one of our clients where we kind of need that webhook, element. So that came as like fantastic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we've been we we've we've that's been a really big um, uh, request for a while, and it's also been a you know pretty substantial effort. And I I was excited because I think that. Uh, WordPress's, um, you know, their uh, their their REST API is is kind of finally gotten to the point where, you know, it's we we wanted to build on top of it um, before. You know, things were so up in the air. It's not that it wasn't good before; it just wasn't, you know, solidified as as the standard. Um, and so, so apparently they're going to be rolling it into WordPress core soon, and so that'll even be one less you know, a dependency that will have to be added to it. But, yeah, the developer tools, we've seen a really good response uh, to the developer tools for sure.
0: Awesome. So in terms of the future of member press, is there anything you can share about what's what's to come, what's in the pipeline, what you guys are working on?
1: Yeah, I think that um, right now, I mean, we've got a whole bunch of integrations that we're working on. Um, we have, um, like, Campaign Monitor is is coming down the pike. Uh, we're we're looking at uh, on in, you know we're we're working on Infusionsoft integration. We're working on um, you know so in the autoresponder space. I mean there's so many players and we get requests for a lot of them. So uh, Sendy is another one that we're that we're working on. Um, and outside of that, like payment gateways, you know we're working on a Braintree integration um, and uh, eWay. So an eWay integration for you know, folks in Australia, we've had a lot of response uh, for that, a lot of requests for that, uh, and so so those are kind of some of the integrations. I think in terms of like feature set, um, you know, we're we're you know this next year we're probably going to be more focused on um, you know the kind of the the maintenance aspects of the membership, and these are things that are not like real sexy features that people like. I mean, I don't know. much it'll drive sales to do this but it's kind of one of those features that's like a like a an afterthought sometimes but it's so important that when it's not there you know people it's a pain point right so when you're managing a membership site you want that ease of use you know you want people to be able to to be able to go in and update their credit card information or be able to so so we're we're working on on a lot of that. Um, we're gonna pro, we're gonna try to to add some upsell and downsell ability uh, into member press and uh, that kind of a thing. And uh, but really the main thing is just we're we're focusing in on that customer uh, experience.
0: Hey, that sounds great, and I don't know why it was such a reaction for me for campaign monitor because that's I think that was the first uh, email marketing service I used years ago. Oh, nice! And, um, and it, I mean, it's a great, great system, but it seems to get overlooked by a lot of uh, a lot of software out there in terms of integrations. So I was like, right. wow, finally someone's integrating with campaign monitor. I'm sure there there are integrations out there, but it's just. I'm always kind of quite aware of the fact that everyone yeah. everyone integrates with Mailchimp and with Aweber, but Campaign, model gets kind of left behind. And things like infusionsoft integration would be awesome. But what you're saying about the maintenance side of things, I think you're right. It it gets sort overlooked, but in terms of uh, retention, yeah. and you know, so many so many members can be lost through easily fixable or you know situations or you know they they end up leaving not because they want to but because their credit card expires and Absolutely. and then it's that extra effort for them to remember to log in and change it and all that so you know that stuff isn't the sexiest like you say but it can act. you know it can improve the member experience prolong their life uh life cycle on your site and ultimately make you more money so that sounds pretty sexy to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anything that will, that will reduce the friction, you know, of, uh, of that customer experience, I think is key. And that's really what we're all about. We're so focused on just trying to figure out ways that we can make it easier for our, you know, our, you know, you guys, the you know, the people that are out there, you know, building membership sites and, and maintaining these communities, you know, you've got to have these tools to, to be able to, to make a living, you know, to do what you've got to do, right?
0: Definitely, and I think it's in it's in those kind of details where you know the 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 difference is made. Because I mean, most membership plugins will take care of payment, they take care of access, and they take care of protection. You know, those are kind of your three, right? Your, your three core elements. You know, protecting the content and making sure we can get some money from people. But it's in those kind of details of how the, the member experience is, how slick the process is, like I say, how how little friction there is, that yeah. can, you know, be the difference between a site that runs nice and smoothly and and you know, it's all the little deals are taken care of, or one where every other day there's another headache comes up and yeah, you're constantly having to put out fires. So um yeah I've been sold on MemoPress for a long, long time, and I'm sure that a lot a lot of our listeners, um, if they haven't already checked you guys out, uh, they will be doing so. We've got our review of MemoPress over on the Membership Guys site. Uh, if you want to check that out, we've got videos on our YouTube channel, all sorts of stuff, big, big fans. And, of course, we use it for our own membership site as well. So we wouldn't do that if it wasn't as good as we say it is. So, Blake. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Big, big fans. Thank you again so much for, uh, for, for joining me today. Uh, it's been great to chat to you. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what's to come in the future for
1: uh, Press. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks, Blair. Thanks again to Blair for joining me for that interview. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that and uh, found it informative and you are able to take some little nuggets out and apply to your own business and if you are interested in member press then we have a very cool discount available right now for member site academy members where you get 20% off your member press uh, purchase that's only available to member site academy members if you're not a member get into membersiteacademy.com and that discount is available until December 4th 2015 so if you're listening to this after December 4th then I apologize you missed it but this is why you should have joined the Membersite Academy earlier Uh, but don't worry we always have new perks discounts and member exclusive stuff in the academy so get yourself to membersiteacademy.com and become a part of it to get stuff like that. Again, one more big thank you to Blair. If you are interested in MemberPress, it's memberpress.com. And uh, you can go to themembershipguides.com as well, where we also have a full review of MemberPress done by Cali, the other half, and some may say better half, of the Membership Guides. Thanks for downloading this episode, and I'll be back very soon with another edition of the Membership Guides podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the MembersiteAcademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools and a supportive community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.